0: Hello and welcome to the Commotion Mobility podcast, your regular glimpse into the future of urban mobility. I'm your host, Greg Lindsay, Director of Strategy for Commotion. And if you're listening to this, it means that Commotion LA is only a few weeks away, being held November 14th and 15th in downtown Los Angeles at our new location at the Row, DTLA. Uh, If you're listening to this, that means you are eligible for our special promo code, PODCAST15, if you enter that at commotionla.com. You'll save an extra 15% on tickets, although hopefully that is of no use to you because you purchase your tickets long ago. Uh, but if you're joining us in LA, that means you'll be soon. You'll be there for two days uh, of our conference, in which we're going to have uh, partners like LA Metro, of course, LA DOT speakers, some old like Celita Reynolds, uh, the GM of LA DOT, and Phil Washington of Metro, uh, along with you know our partners and a whole new host of startups. Uh, we're going to have members of uh, autonomous micromobility, like Tortoise, there. We're going to have uh, we're going to have a whole track on urban air mobility, uh, and you know many many other speakers as well. Um, but today we're going to focus on the classic blocking and tackling of cities and mobility, which is public transportation, and how do we make it more innovative? And for that, for this episode, I am being joined by Natalia Quintero, who is the director of the Transit Tech Lab, which was in, which is a, a new. Uh, accelerator program created by the Transit Innovation Partnership in New York City which is part of the still larger effort to remake the MTA and remake New York City Transit which of course as you may have heard is undergoing a bit of a crisis when it comes to its repair situation raising the funds necessary to uh, execute a a complete overhaul of the system eventually over time and uh, it's Natalia's job to work with startups on identifying some of the challenges facing the system and how uh, small moves definitely made uh, could lead to great improvements for riders of the MTA. So thank you so much for joining us, Natalia.
1: And thank you for having me, Greg. It's great
0: to be here. Well, great. Well, I guess we could start in. This is, today is a, a special day. We're recording this on the announcement of really sort of the second year of the programming of the Transit Tech Lab. So I guess as a, as a sort of, you know, scene setter, can you talk a bit about uh, the objective of the lab, what you've learned in the first year, and what the objectives of year two are to, uh, to educate our listeners?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh we're we're really excited to be launching the second year of the Trans Tech Lab. Uh, you know, just kind of t- to answer your, your first question around what are some of the learnings of the first year of the lab. You know, I think we were uh we were really, really thrilled to have such incredible partnership at New York City Transit and just across the MTA. Um and we're really excited to build on that for the second year of the lab uh with uh you know, with the addition of another five uh, uh, regional transit agencies that will be uh, part of the process of evaluating and uh, working with mobility companies. Uh, so you know, that's something that we're really excited to build on and, and work with. The second uh, thing that I think we'll we'll be excited to build on is uh, you know just having a clear process that allows innovative mobility companies that would otherwise maybe not think of working with the MTA or these bigger regional transit agencies, uh, giving them a, a clear process where they can get, uh, you know, where they can get clear a clear kind of answer early on as to whether there is a there there in in working with, you know, with New York City uh, for the challenges that we're focused on. And so, you know, there were some companies that were really excited to work with the MTA and, and had been kind of trying to find uh, a way in for for a few months or even years, and, you know, we're excited to kind of be the bridge to that opportunity um, in the second year of the lab as well. Well, uh, to answer your,
0: Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so let's take a step back for a second and talk a bit more. I mean, obviously, you could talk a bit about some of the circumstances of the creation of the lab there for, for listeners who are not uh, New Yorkers and ex-New Yorkers like myself. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this is a case where, you know, there was a sort of blue chip body that came together to realize that, uh, that the MTA needed to engage with the startup community to help solve some of this. Can you talk a bit about, I guess, sort of the circumstances of your coming on board and sort of how the initial startups were chosen for that, just to provide a bit more context?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, the really the inception of the Trans Tech Lab at a very high level, it came from the subway transit crisis of 2017 when uh, you know, when really at, at every level, both operational and political leadership realized that we needed to uh, better identify solutions to improve our transit system. One of the things that we're lucky to have in New York is, uh, you know, is alignment on a vision of what mobility in in public mobility should look like in the city. And so from that uh, situation emerged a public private partnership between the MTA and the partnership for New York City, which represents the business leadership of uh, of New York, and uh, and the Trans Tech Lab really emerged as a solution that would uh, really enable New York to be working with the best technology leaders and mobility leaders out there. Such that it, for the challenges that the city does have, we are making sure that we have the, kind of like the best that's out there and bringing it to to New York. So that was um, that was what you know was at the inception of the lab, and I think that that's been beneficial in, uh, in both creating alignment around the vision that we're working towards collectively and also just making it easy for us to, um, to have a clear process that we've outlined and work through to evaluate technology and implement it in, in the New York City Transit system.
0: Great, and then I'm sorry to interrupt you, but so, so what's different in year two or what, what, what's sort of the core of today's announcement then?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, really the, the biggest difference for year two, as I mentioned, is the expansion of our partnership across other transit agencies and then just, you know, the, the new challenges that we'll be focused on. So, the you know, in the first year we had a, a subway and a bus challenge. In the second year, we have three challenges. Uh, the first one is around revenue generation. So what are some entrepreneurial sources of revenue that uh, you know the MTA and other transit agencies can be looking at to uh, not be solely dependent on the fare box? Uh, The second challenge is around improving uh, accessibility for people of all abilities. Uh, You know, we we know that this is a a primary focus of New York City Transit and uh, and of other transit agencies. And so, you know, what are technologies that could enable people of all abilities to better navigate the system? And the third challenge is around curbside management. Uh, So, you know, with the increase in demand for the curb, uh, you know, how do we better and more dynamically uh, Make the curb, uh, make cur- curb coordination um, mm-hmm. better for for the city, so that it, it's responsive to the demands uh, that are ever changing for New York.
0: Interesting. So I guess as a first step, before we get into the individual challenges, I'm really dying to learn about what it's like as a startup accelerator to work with an agency like the MTA. And now it's partners. I mean, the Port Authority and some of these others, of course, you know, large institutions, very bureaucratic. Um, you know, there's been a rise in the last couple of years of, you know, of urban tech accelerators. I worked briefly at UrbanX, which we had as a partner last year at Commotion. Um, but they've never been involved with the public agencies themselves. Like, in fact, a lot of the thing that comes out of startup culture is, is, don't get caught up in the decision making cycles of the public sector because you will be crushed by them so what have you learned in terms of working with the actual agencies because there are also these huge repositories of tra- of, of tacit knowledge about how the city works and you know uh, that the classic you know to its detriment startup approach of like starting from zero will learn the whole will learn everything anew probably doesn't work when it comes to dealing with like these huge systemic problems of New York City transit. So, so what's your methods in terms of like, how do we, how do you get these startups to engage with the MTA? I mean, do you start with like design thinking or human centered design or systems thinking? Um, I'd love to know your approach.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I would, I would really kind of say that the biggest misconception in working with any really big transit agency, and I would say even, um, even with the MTA is that there's this misconception that if you are working with the MTA, it, it'll be very difficult to get things done. But actually, and this was something that I learned very early on in in you know in joining the Trans Tech Lab and just meeting all of the people that uh, that work at New York City Transit and all of the other uh, kind of agencies, is that uh, the people that work at these agencies are as passionate, if not more passionate about improving our public transit system, just, just like anyone else. And uh, they are as driven, uh, as outcome driven as as you and I might be. Uh, and, you know, I think the, the exciting opportunity of working with these kind of transit agencies directly is that not only are there, you know, incredibly competent, passionate, uh, individuals that work at the agency, there's also the impact that, you know, the agencies obviously have. And, you know, when we are able to create a, a process and a structure where we're able to kind of uh, translate, you know, what it means to work with, uh, you know, new technology companies and kind of a nimbler um mobility uh, companies and, and kind of bring them into the context of these big agencies, I think it, it basically generates a lot of excitement and a lot of opportunity that can then be built upon to have really significant impact, and so I think that that's actually been one of the most exciting things about working on this initiative is that, you know, I, I get to work around these incredibly passionate individuals who are, you know, subject matter experts in their own right and who really want to do the best for New York that they can, and, you know, we're, we're just really excited to support them um, in, in the priorities that they've outlined and in the challenges that they face.
0: So, again, from there, you know, when it comes to actually working with them, I mean, how do, how do the teams in the first year of the challenge sort of approach, approach this? I mean, do they embed with the MTA for weeks at a time? Was it mostly interviews and, and field anthropology? You know, I, you know, I mean, there's a lot of discussions around, you know, business model canvas and approaches if you're trying to do a lean startup approach to, in a new market. But how does it work when you're working with the MTA to make buses go faster? Like, um, you know, how do they approach that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I think the I guess the answer to that is that we have a process that allows us to explore challenges in in a, in a fairly open minded. View And so I'll give you an example. Last year, one of our uh, challenges was uh, around uh, basically improving our prediction of subway delays and better communicating those delays to customers. So uh, that's a fairly broad challenge. There are many solutions that you can kind of like think of that could address that challenge. And we had, you know, we had companies that had kind of uh, an in. data-focused approach to that challenge. We had companies that had a hardware-focused approach to that challenge. Um, from all of the applications that we get in, we make those applications uh, available to subject matter experts at the MTA for them to really uh, really understand, you know, what are the solutions that have emerged from the process? And, you know, they know the, the system best. Um, and so they are really in the best position to kind of gauge uh, how likely it is that, you know, these solutions could be uh, if they were implemented and kind of embedded into the the system that we have in place. And so they, you know, the process is that they read an online application, really kind of just gauging what the likelihood is that this technology would really um, be able to address the challenge they've applied to address. Um, from that uh first evaluation, a certain subset of companies are then invited for an in-person pitch presentation where we really kind of get to meet the entrepreneurs and get a sense of you know what their angle is in terms of the approach that they have to a particular challenge. And again, uh the, the evaluators are a mix of uh, both public sector subject matter experts that think about that particular challenge you know day in and day out and so they can ask specific technical questions about the solutions that are being proposed. We also have private sector leaders that are uh, evaluators and can can kind of speak to the market that they're seeing around that particular sector. So, you know, there there isn't just one uh, sensor company or one kind of like a data analytics company. The private sector, usually investors, can speak to the competitiveness of that particular solution compared to what else is going on in the market. And from that second evaluation phase, uh, the, the companies that get invited to the third kind of Evaluation part are able to participate in a half-day kind of uh, expo demo day where they have a, kind of like a booth uh, where they can display their technology and their solution um, at a place like the MTA, and then we we can have you know. Uh, 80 or 90 subject matter experts from across the agency stop by and meet these companies and share their um, feedback on, you know, how how relevant they think that solution is. So then we get, you know, we get feedback not just from leading subject matter experts, but from uh, people uh, across the agency and across kind of management levels and operational levels to really get a sense of what would be the most valuable solution to the agency. And at that point, um, companies that are invited to participate in the actual acceleration. Uh, basically, have uh, the ability to work with subject matter experts and their teams over the course of an eight-week uh, process, where there is a specific a goal that they that we you know collectively come up with and are trying to meet and. Um, in in those eight weeks, you know we meet once a week and we work towards achieving that particular goal. You know, eight weeks is not a long time, but it does allow us to, um, you know, with uh, with uh, all of the resources that the company is able to allocate and the resources that the MTA is able to kind of dedicate in terms of subject matter expertise, we're able to learn a lot more about how uh, how much uh, of uh, how much value that solution would really kind of like bring in the actual context of the MTA and New York City training. It. And so, um, at the end of that period, we, you know, we really do have a good sense of how viable that solution is, and we're make, able to make an informed decision about, you know, what the best way is to move forward, whether to invite those companies into a year-long pilot where they have an opportunity to do kind of a deeper exploration and integration, um, or whether at that point, you know, the, the company has just kind of learned a lot more about what a customer like the MTA or New York City Transit would need for that solution to kind of make sense.
0: Interesting. Well, going forward, I, I'm curious, now that you have already have one year of this under your belt and the sort of phasing there is, you know, what kind of what kind of companies applied in year one and what are you looking for in year two? Because, for example, with curb curb management, I mean, there's already a, a number of funded startups out there. I mean, Cord out of New York City, but come, spun out of Sidewalk Labs is, is working on this sort of already. So, um, you know, what level of maturity, you know, are, are the kinds of startups that are applying for this? Are they pre-seed, seed, series A? And... Um, yeah, and also, you know, what's, what's their background? Are they a lot of technical matter, subject matter experts who are, you know, putting together startups? Or is it people with no real subject matter expertise in public transport and they're sort of general technologists?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, um, so in our kind of requirements of applicants, we outlined that the kind of companies that we're really looking for are post-beta uh, companies that have uh, already kind of found product market fit. Uh, if not directly in the mobility sector, uh, then in, in some other sector where they have a product or technology that has been applied and proven uh, to work. And so, uh, you know, an, an example, again, of that for last year is, you know, we had a uh, we had one of our pilot winners, Fiovo, who had used their sensor technology across airports around the world to understand how people move across airports and uh, how airports can better uh Kind of deploy um, their resources, uh, you know, the police officers, uh, you know, TSA uh, leaders, uh, to to basically address, you know, the the live demand of kind of the passenger flow. And so we were able to apply that sensor technology to platforms for subways, where, um, you know, over the course of the accelerator, we you know we had real-time information around how many people were on a particular platform on any given day at any given time and um, and how many people were coming in and out of trains um, and how could we respond dynamically now that we actually do have that information. So that's just an example of an application of a technology that had not been previously used for, uh, say, subways or buses in particular, but that could be applied to that scenario. And so we, we are basically looking for companies or technologies that have, uh, you know, found product market fit um, that are, I would say, growth stage companies, and that really can, um, in a way, afford to go through this process of evaluating their ability to work with New York City.
0: Interesting. Well, I have to ask, at this point, I have to ask an interesting meta question, which is, is how do you see the the Transit Tech Lab and its various startups fitting into sort of the overall strategy of the MTA and ultimately the repair of the system? Because, I mean, you know, the estimated repair costs of overhauling New York City Transit is $100 billion or or more. Uh, And these are relatively small startups. And also, you know, how how they fit into these larger discussions about policy and regulation as well. Because, I mean, you know, making the buses go faster, well, one could argue that, you know, that ride hailing is part of that, uh, certainly coincides with it. And also, you know, having more dedicated bus lanes, which is a question of pavement, not necessarily tech. Uh, and the same with the subways. I mean, being able to communicate delays and predict delays is one thing, but abs- but, but fixing those delays and removing them, uh, you know, requires large-scale investment and is a completely different problem. So I'm curious, like, how you see, yeah, your lab fitting into what, what edge of the problems it addresses and how they sort of fit into the larger strategic vision of of the MTA and, and Andy Byford's plans to ultimately re- repair and improve the system.
1: Yeah, I mean, I so that's that, that's a great question. I mean, I I would say that we really think about our role as uh, supporting the priority initiatives that have already been outlined by the agency, and basically just making sure that we are uh, we are having an opportunity to uh, to work outside of the traditional vendors that would think of working with the MTA so that we're actually finding the best technology that is out there anywhere in the world and bringing it to New York to make sure that for things like accessibility where you know under the new capital plan you know 5.2 billion dollars have been allocated to improving accessibility uh, for the New York City transit system uh, that we that we do have uh, you know innovative solutions you know beyond just hardware uh, but that that could be responsive and dynamic to the needs of uh, you know, New Yorkers with all kinds of uh, abilities and so you know one it's you know it's just making sure that we have the best solutions outside of the traditional vendors that, you know, would usually be working with New York City Transit or really working alongside those vendors. Um, and then the, the second point, you know, is it's just um, making sure that we're supporting the existing priorities of New York City Transit um, by, uh, you know, by in some cases just offering relevant data that would be helpful in them making case for, you know, doing something like, you uh, allocating more dedicated bus lanes or so working collaboratively with other transit agencies to, um, you know, to improve the, uh, the, the data that would back, you know, actually implementing a solution. And so I think our, our role is to really support the initiatives across the city um, that will hopefully improve public transit for, you know, for all New Yorkers. And we're really excited to do that, not just with the MTA, but alongside other regional transit agencies that have come on board to do that as well.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask for for year two. Obviously, that's you know one of the big changes will be the addition of these external partners, of many of which are very large and complicated in their own way. So, um, how do you imagine they'll be working with the teams with the MTA on this? I mean, the Port Authority alone is vast and, and but you know is essential to this. Of thinking about you know moving people across the Hudson, you have to deal with the Port Authority. Um, so, you know, are they going to supply expertise? Are they going to provide their own teams, uh, or you know, or, or startups will be able to interview them as well? How, how do you imagine that uh, those partnerships will evolve?
1: Yeah, so uh, I think it'll basically be two things, you know, one, uh, one scenario will be, you know, a scenario where there is technology that is directly applicable to both the MTA and all of the other regional transit agencies, maybe something around, uh, you know, technology around accessibility that is directly applicable to, you know, any agency that has, you know, physical space where people need to like move. Around, you know, then there's that case where, um, you know, we can basically take the learnings from a, a a pilot or a proof of concept with one agency and basically apply it to understand how it could be valuable or relevant to other transit agencies. And and for that, uh, in, in either case, all all transit agencies will be. Um, you know, evaluators and uh, and and part of providing subject matter expertise so that we understand how relevant these solutions are to them as well. The second case is maybe there's a solution that's less relevant to uh, one agency and more relevant to another agency. In that case, um, we would, you know, just place a company to work directly with that particular agency, be it the MTA or not and still have them work with subject matter experts that are relevant to that particular challenge um, and with that particular agency and basically um, you know, basically run the accelerator process uh, to the agencies that it's relevant to work with um, and and that you know that that should work just as well
0: interesting so I again pulling out backwards a little bit since you mentioned relevancy to to um to other metro agencies, you know, I'm curious what, what's the what's the generalizable lessons learned so far from Transit Tech Lab. You know, if, if we're setting it up setting this up for LA Metro, or for example, I mean, we have representatives coming to Commotion from Paris, from Sao Paulo, um, and various other transit systems around the world. Um, you know, what would be your advice to them about how to go about structuring this, and 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 yeah, and basically pushing this model uh, to other cities?
1: Yeah. Um. So I would say it's you know it's probably like two big two big things that um, or two big kind of like learnings that, you know, we we've, we're really excited to share with other um, agencies and cities. One is, you know, where there is operational and alignment and political alignment on a cohesive vision of what public transit should look like in a city. It really just makes things a lot easier so that we can all, you know, 70,000 of us can like work in, in one particular direction And 70,000 is the approximate number of, um, uh, uh, employees at the MTA. And so that, you know, that makes it a lot easier for a really large group to just work cohesively in a particular direction and, uh, and, you know, towards one stated goal. So that's, you know, that's one key thing that has really allowed us to have, I you know, clear focus and be successful. And then I would say, really, the second thing is having a, a clear process around how um, smaller technology companies or even you know, growth stage technology companies can come and work with your city. So for us, you know, we we any company that uh, you know comes to transitinnovation.org will see that we have dates, you know, from today that all the way out through um, you know July of 2020, and so that makes it. Easier for companies to understand. You know that's that's not the shortest time span, but it is an outlined time span where they can have clarity around when they're he- when they'll hear back um, and when they would be uh, when they would need to be dedicating their time to work with an agency like the MTA. So basically, just adding transparency and clarity um, early on, uh, and having just a clear kind of point of contact as to who they can reach out to to ask questions. Um, you know who can kind of be that translator of what it means to work with with a transit agency, uh, you know, in, in your particular city. I think just having a dedicated kind of touch point, someone who's responsible for being the liaison to the uh, kind of trans innovation community is helpful so that there is both a clear path and a clear contact uh, person or organization that makes that uh, process a lot easier.
0: Interesting. I have to ask, you know, you, is it, you chose two sort of uh, areas to tackle for the first year and a few more in the second year. Um, what were some of the discarded ideas, or, or at least, you know, lower priority ones? If you were going to give free ideas to other cities about, you know, what um, what challenges that startups could tackle or should tackle when it comes to public transportation, what were some of the other ideas? Do you have any particular favorites that didn't make the final cut?
1: That's a great question. Um, I mean, you know, I would say accessibility was one of uh, the the areas that we were not able to focus on. For the first year of the lab, so we're really excited to be focusing on it. You know, the second year of the lab, um, you know, I, I would I would actually say that our um, our challenges are so specific to the transit agencies that we're working with and to New York. I would really encourage, uh, you know, kind of a mentality of uh, of finding solutions to pre existing challenges. Um, Versus finding, uh, you know, kind of like finding like innovative, cool technology uh, to to challenges that may, may or may not be there. So, for you know, for cities out there that are kind of interested in you know looking at a model like this or working with innovative mobility companies, I would really encourage yeah those organizations or cities to really go through the process of understanding what are their uh, you know core priorities their core challenges, and then kind of taking it from there to identify what are some of the potential solutions that would be excited to, exciting to explore there as well.
0: Yes, I did not mean to endorse a solutionist approach there of a one-size-fits-all. But um, but yeah, it is interesting that there are some challenges that are somewhat universal with transit agencies, uh, including one which I wanted to touch upon since you mentioned it in passing about vendors and the sort of, you know, uh, moving past the traditional vendor relationship. I mean, obviously, you know, one of the biggest uh, unspoken issues, an uh, iceberg of sorts, uh, for transit agencies is procurement and the procurement process, and you know, and these you know, incredibly old legacy relationships with this. Um, what have you learned, or what what can be learned from your from Transit Tech Lab's approach to procurement, and how we could evolve that past the traditional sort of like you know, big consulting relationships with these firms. Um, is there a way to onboard more quickly but yet still preserve the transparency needed of a public agency? Um, I wonder what's sort of generalizable from that as well
1: Yeah um, yeah I mean like the vendor relationship with uh, with uh, transit agencies is is challenging um, for challenging for for important reasons um, and maybe challenging is actually the wrong word but it's it's um, it's complicated because, you know, when it comes to public transit and things like, um, you know, buying hundreds of buses or thousands of rail cars, you you need to work with super reliable vendors that can uh, that, that have hardware and software that will be reliable in keeping the public safe. First and foremost, no questions asked. Um, and so, I think you know there there is basically kind of a set of uh, of established vendors that are able to provide that. I think the the part that we're really excited to build on is um, is the emerging, primarily software technology that is able to leverage a lot of the data that comes out of. Um, you know the the hardware or sort of like the infrastructure, um, and better leverage things like you know institutional assets or uh, or you know bus information to serve the public more dynamically and effectively. And so I really think that there is um, there is you know a, a really big opportunity for uh, both both really big vendors and smaller, more nimble um, kind of innovative vendors to work collaboratively to reach. That collective goal, and, and I think that that's uh, that's really kind of the opportunity that we're um, that we're chasing is you know how can we attract more of these smaller vendors and bring them into the fold uh, so that they can collaborate uh, with you know with the existing assets and with the existing kind of um, providers uh, so that they can work collaboratively towards a, you know kind of a unified uh, uh, vision.
0: Great. Well, we're almost out of time, so I have one last question, which is, you know, given uh, you know given the scale of the challenges New York City faces, and given you know the the amount of resources that need to be thrown at this, um, is there any way to scale the Transit Tech Lab? I mean, this is the classic thing in computing, right? Where if you just throw more bodies at the problem, you increase complexity, but don't necessarily solve it. But um, but is there is there a way to basically sort of scale up what you're doing or massively apply it? And I love, by the way, that New York City persimilitude of the siren in the background.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's, it have to get a siren in the back, um, if you're doing a podcast in, uh, out of New York, but, um, so I apologize for that noise, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, you know, we're really thinking about scaling and, and we have done to some degree this year in inviting other transit agencies to participate in the program. So we're excited to do that, but, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, we're, we're, happy to think about how any of the learnings that we're uh, finding in New York can be applied uh, to other transit agencies around the world. And, you know, we're excited to have kind of partnerships, um, uh, you know, certainly focused on the New York region, but to the degree that we can be helpful to uh, transit innovation uh, outside of New York. You know, we're, we're happy to be helpful in that effort. And um, and, and I would say that we're, we're probably approaching this uh, slowly and with some level of caution, because the thing that we... Care about most is um, is you know probably delivering uh, a, a really high quality uh, process uh, that uh, both entrepreneurs can count on and. Regional transit agencies can uh, depend on, uh, and I think we'll, you know, we'll probably have many more learnings in this next iteration of the Trans Tech Lab doing that for a few other agencies. And you know, if if it feels like we can kind of scale that experience um, to a, another level, then you know, that's something that we might approach. But I think we'll we'll definitely be sure to kind of keep our focus on uh, on quality across the experience that uh, both companies and regional transit agencies will have being a part. Of the TransTech
0: Lab. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. The least I can do is to plug this for you. So if you're listening and you have a startup and you want to apply, applications are open until November 30th, so until after Commotion LA, Uh, go to transitinnovation.org and you'll find the application process there. So um, thank you so much for joining us, Natalia, and best of luck with, uh, with year two of the program.
1: Thanks so much, Greg
0: uh listeners thank you so much for joining us as we race towards commotion la you will be finding many more podcasts uh, available in the next couple weeks many many more i should say um so please tune in again soon and we'll be back with another episode of the commotion mobility podcast thank you so much for joining us